Greetings gamers, on this episode of Dead Drop News, Valve is losing the chance to end an antitrust case on its Steam platform, EA is officially dropping the FIFA name on its football or soccer games, Gotham Knights is no longer coming to Xbox One or PS4, and Microsoft is pushing cloud streaming with a new Xbox Stick and Samsung app. Stick around to hear more. Welcome back to The Dead Drop, your secret cachet of game news delivered safely and securely to your podcast player. I'm Matt Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. I'm sure the more that you listen to this podcast, the more you realise there's so much gaming news happening that we can't quite fit it into 10 minutes. So what I'm hoping is happening here is you're picking up all of these useful little tidbits of stories and taking them away for conversations among your friends and family. Presuming, of course, that your family is interested in games. I say that because mine isn't, but this isn't about me. It's about the news. Let's get into it. This is your transfer from the 12th of May, 2022, and these are the news stories that you need to know. We'd heard it before, but now it's official. EA is dropping the FIFA brand name on its football or soccer-related content. This was confirmed in a press release earlier this week, and been 30 years that it's held onto the FIFA name, but it's just become way too expensive. So now, as we previously reported on an episode, EA will now be changing it to EA Sports FC or Football Club instead of using FIFA. Most aspects will remain relatively the same and it will start releasing these types of games in 2023. We also found out that part of the reason that EA has shifted to a new brand name is that FIFA wanted to use their name in other products that they'd sell to other companies to develop for. EA wasn't having this, so it's now got a new name. So keep an eye out for that next year if you are a bit of a FIFA fan. On the same line, end of year reports from EA earnings are showing that 85% of the period's netbookings accounted for their gains for that year with the fourth quarter earnings up 48% to $2 billion and net income up to $225 million. It attributes this to properties such as Apex Legends, but EA isn't unusual for its live service games being supported more so than single-player offline experiences. You may remember this started with SimCity being an entirely online experience. I think it was the fourth version of that game that came out to a very bad reception, I might add. But the fact that this live service offering is so profitable It shows reasons why Sony, for example, is pursuing live service games in their own catalogue and looking to get as many up as they can in the next six to ten years. Valve has been facing litigation for a very long time and only recently it has lost its bid in an antitrust case where it has been accused of creating a monopoly over game prices that has impacted the entire industry. And we're not just talking about games on their own platform, but also games that aren't available on Steam. The suit claims that the developer cut that it takes, which I think is about 30%, affects games across the industry on other platforms that take a similar cut, and a similar discussion has arisen with App Store developer cuts as well. This affects sales on other platforms, and other people have been part of a class action to litigate for the way that this has affected their profits and the way that pricing has increased for consumers over time. The fact that Steam ran the monopoly for digital platforms and available games for a very long time and the fact that there's competition in the market and yet still is being accused of antitrust behavior, it could mean something very substantial for Steam down the line. It has been brought to arms quite often more recently. In Australia in particular, the ACCC was very successful 
in ensuring that the Steam store offers things at a currency that Australians can use, as opposed to simply converting from US currency. Steam is a staple of digital gaming these days, but we want to make sure that they're not being anti-competitive, as monopolizing the gaming industry is something that's a very high priority at the moment. The new Batman game, Gotham Knights by WB Games Montreal, has now been announced to actually be released, it seems, after being delayed earlier this year, but they have made a couple of substantial announcements as well. They have officially said that it will not be coming to Xbox One and PS4, which means it won't be available on previous platforms, so you'll have to make sure that you have either a PC, PS5, or Xbox Series X or S in order to play it. It's supposed to be launching worldwide on October 25th, of this year. We've also heard rumors that Gotham Knights could become a four-player co-op game instead of a two-player co-op game. This is only rumored as the only evidence available for this is that it's now listed as a four-player game on some stores that it's available in. In your Activision Blizzard update, it is still continuing to push employees to not vote to be able to unionize. It seems to be approaching Raven Software QA testers through internal channels and messaging, simply saying, please vote no. They say the push is to ensure that there is individual bargaining possibilities for all the employees at the company, but getting access to collective bargaining could definitely help these teams if they're looking to secure better conditions and benefits within the industry. It could also set a great precedent, so send over your support and thoughts. Jeff Grubb of GamesBeat.com has heard from sources that Microsoft is planning to release an Xbox stick or puck or some sort of little device that will allow cloud streaming on devices kind of like a Chromecast. As I said, it's meant to be released in the next 12 months, but it looks like the push for cloud gaming is pretty strong from Microsoft, especially as they are also allowing players to use Fortnite on Apple phones by sidestepping the App Store. Xbox Everywhere seems to be proliferating as well as they are looking to develop a Samsung app that will roll out to TVs and apps very shortly that will also enable this cloud streaming function. No solid news of a release date just yet, but we'll be sure to let you know when it does become available. Nintendo has announced and streamed its Indie World Showcase, depending on where you're from, might have been last night, might have been today, but the 11th of May was the listed date, and it's looking like there are a ton of brand new indie games coming to Nintendo Switch very shortly. We have an addition to Ooblets, Batura, Lost Haven, Alekhead, We Are OFK, which was announced in a previous showcase, Silt, and Mini Motorways. But a particular note for me is Soundfall, which seems to be a high-res version of Crypt of the Necrodancer with better high-quality graphics, Cult of the Lamb, which is an animated game that was developed in Australia, and Wayward Strand, also developed in Australia, but a bit of a narrative game about Australians living on an airship. They all seem incredibly intriguing. But in particular, as Aussies, we should be supporting Aussie game development. So make sure you purchase those games when they come to your platform. There are a few topics on these episodes that I just don't like to let go of, and Elden Ring is one of them. The player Let Me Solo Her, which has made his services available to anyone that wishes to summon him to defeat one of the hardest bosses in the game, Melania, has now done so over a thousand times, which is pretty outstanding for a game that's largely single player, even though there are aspects that allow for co-op and even PVP. This dual-wielding katana pot-wearing individual is doing so entirely to support players, and it's a really great thing to see. The idea that there's virtual game spaces that are focused on purely supporting and helping players. On a completely different note, there has also been a player that hid in a bush 
by using a camouflaging technique in Elden Ring to try and thwart a player's away from keyboard or AFK rune farming attempt. This is a well-known method to try and gather as many runes as possible, where you invite players to invade your game, hide somewhere completely inaccessible within the game until the invading player chooses to leave, in which case you gain a very large number of runes. Some players can do this over and over and over, not even having to engage with the game at all to earn a large number of runes. So this player who wanted to thwart that attempt hid in a bush for several hours. They have stated that they have become one with the bush now and they're refusing to leave because as soon as they do, that player doing the AFK attack is going to get those runes. Not sure what the update is so far, but if you'd like to find out more, check the show notes. And that was the gaming industry news that you need to know. If this is your first episode, welcome to the Dead Drop community. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. For any questions or comments, email at deaddroppod at gmail.com to have them read out on the show. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news. Join us on Twitch every Tuesday at 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time to watch more of the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. And make sure you tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days.